Thank you for tuning in at Ravenna Assembly of God. We hope you enjoy this message and are blessed from it. If you want to tune in to more messages, log on to RavennaAG.com and search under the Media tab. Thank you and God bless. Good morning, Ravenna Assembly. Good to have you all here in the house of the Lord. Why don't we go ahead and stand to our feet this morning as we get prepared to worship Him and, and magnify His name. God is good, amen? amen. I'm glad you guys are surviving the, uh, the, the wet, crazy monsoon that we've been having. How many of you guys are ready just for long periods of sun? Just, just sun. <laughs> amen, amen. Snow. Or snow. Snow. <laughs> hey, Christmas in July, right? <laughs> All right, let's go ahead and pray and get ready to, to worship him. Father, we thank you so much for this day, the day that you have made. God, we rejoice in it. Lord, today I pray that 
we would remove distractions from our mind, whatever burdens we come and, and through this place. We just lay them at your feet. God, we cast our cares upon you because you care for us, Lord. But today we worship you, God. It's all about you. We worship and magnify your name. So be lifted up this, this morning, we pray. We love you. We pray this all in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. Amen. Let's worship this morning.
not because we were taught this, but because we have that revelation of who you are. You've shown us, you've taken our hearts and opened our hearts and and our eyes have been seeing what we've not seen before. It's easy to get sidetracked and, and, and bushwhacked and everything else of the stuff. But Lord, teach us to understand. Holy Spirit, move in our hearts and lives. So we say with the psalmist, like a tree that's planted by the water, I shall not be moved. Lord, be glorified and magnified in this country, in this, in this condition, in everything that's going down from one tactic to morality to everything else. I pray, let God arise and let the enemy be scattered. Never before has this country needed to know God. Right now, it's easy to know fear. But Lord, we rebuke it in the name of Jesus. Our faith is in you. Our trust is in you. And we glorify you and thank you that no matter where we are, you are there with us, in us, around us, on us. Be glorified, be magnified, let your kingdom come, your will, your heart be done, in Jesus' name. Say it with me, in, in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, amen, amen and amen. God bless you, you may be released from your pews. Go greet a few people. Can you do that for a minute? Some of you said that, so I ain't getting up anymore. Hey, we only did two songs. Oh, yeah. Where are you going? kids in our community with, with backpacks that are new or say gently used or pocket folders or binders or dry erasers or Clorox wipes or, 
or wide and college rule paper, or spiral notebooks, or glue sticks, or five tab dividers, or pump bottles of hand sanitizers, highlighters, tissues, and of course, no, it, it says unscented baby wipes. <laughs> and Jesus, how's that? Yeah. <laughs> but this is something that we do to impact the community of our kids. So that starts next week. Is it next week or this week? This week. Okay, I'm on. July 18th through, the, through August the 8th. Now, that might seem weird to you, but hey, the kids go back to school here on August 18th. So that's not much time. Yeah, there's summer vacations about over. <laughs> it's the most wonderful things. But anyways, uh, again, we just want to encourage you to be a, a part of ministry. If you're out at the store, you're out at Walmart, they have those huge sections of school supplies and whatnot. Just, just pick up a few items. Just a little tidbit there, that last weekend, including the 8th, uh, of August is tax-free. So you can buy all that stuff and there's no sales tax on it. So we would love for you to be able to help us help this community, especially our kids, by supplying them. Now, how do we get them to them? We take them to the Board of Education and they're able to distribute them to the families that need them the most because they know who they are. So again, it's, you know, it's, we've blown them away every year with what we have done there. And so, again, we want to encourage you, if you can, uh, display is out there. We want you to be able to go ahead and, and be a part of that. Speaking of outreaches, this Tuesday we are doing an outreach to Gridmar Glen, the assisted uh, senior living center that's uh, down the road here. As a matter of fact, as I said that last week, we were supposed to go to them, but they had uh, renovations that they had planned for this fall, and they've started them early on them. So there's no place to be able to have the dinner that we're looking at providing for them. So they're coming here. And so we're going to be using uh, our facility in the lobby to provide a, a dinner for them. And we're going to treat them right and love on them. We're going to serve them. And as we do so, we, you know, it's a great time. I, I don't know how to put it in words, but when you begin to minister and bless people like that, you really get blessed yourself. So if you can help us, there's a little sign-up sheet out in the In Touch Center, and uh, that would help us when it comes to um, knowing who's going to be here to help and get them in the right places and, and, and those types of things. And there might be a little bit left over for you to have some too, just saying. So please be aware of that. Wednesday, hey, Wednesday is the kids' night. Again, it's, the, it's a kids' service uh, with an outreach. So it's not only a service for them, but they'll be doing projects that they'll be able to take to uh, some housing areas to be able to provide for these kids, some little gift bags that have different things in them, from snacks to novelties to prizes to all sorts of things, just to really bless them as well. So they get a good kick. I'll tell you what, we, we uh, Crystal Huckney was there last night, 110? 110 bags that were distributed to kids in our area that lit up and I can guarantee you impacted their lives. So please be aware of that. We still got one more thing to ask of you. And uh, many of you know who Tom and Linda Violante are. They have the Violante's Italian restaurant in Chagrin Falls. Uh, Tom suffered an injury with his arm, his elbow, had to have surgery. It's taken him out 
Uh, it's, he, he says it's God's way of letting him know it's time to retire. So he is turning to the shop. The shop is uh, being rented out by another uh, restaurant facility, going to be, but they, in order to get in there and do what they need to do, he has to take out his stuff. Well, he has donated a bunch of uh, items to the church for kitchen areas and help along that line. Uh, some nice stuff. Uh, so we're looking at taking a vehicle, a U-Haul truck to his restaurant on Saturday morning and be able to take and load that stuff up and bring it back. So if you have time, many hands makes the, the, the labor easier. Uh, it, it will, it, if you can give us a few hours on a Saturday morning, uh, it's going to take about, oh, good 35, 40 minutes to get there with the truck. But, and, and you figure if we have enough guys, about a half an hour to load up everything, make our way back and unload. That's about the length of time that we're looking at. So again, if you can help us with that, please see Pastor Joe. He's the guy waving his hand because he wants to be noticed. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> I'm in one of those moods this morning, huh? yeah. But uh, if you would, it will help us to know who will be coming with us to be able to, there's nothing strenuous or really heavy or anything. It's, it's basically racks and some other items and stuff that are big enough, but yet very light enough that need to be loaded into a truck so that we can do these things. So God bless you as you remember that. Hey, there's a youth night coming up. Oh my goodness, there's all sorts of things taking place. Uh, as far as the church picnic, next week we're going to be letting you know what we're looking at as far as, you know, what to bring with you for the picnic. It'll start, God bless you. Uh, it's my job. I, I do that stuff. <laughs> but <laughs> the church picnic will roughly start around 1230-ish. Uh, you are welcome to come casual that day. Uh, if you're bringing uh, plates or items that need to be warmed or kept warm, uh, we'll have a reception area here in the lobby where you can uh, drop those off. We'll make sure they either get A, plugged in, or B, put in the oven, or something along those lines. So please be aware of that for that, and again, we'll be talking to you more shortly with that. Uh, men, don't forget, if you've got a bike or something along those lines, uh, want to join us for a bike, men's bike run. We're going to be heading up to Geneva on Saturday, August the 7th. We're going to ride up there, have some lunch. And then make our way back and, and, and make sure that we find a, a ice cream stand pit stop kind of thing. You know, you got to have ice cream, right? So anyways, we know a few places. <laughs> so if you'd like to join with us, there's a sign-up sheet that's out there in the lobby as well. We would love to include you in that run together. So please note that there's some other things taking place, other things going on. Uh, we're excited about what God has in store. We're going to be talking to you very shortly especially as we get into fall and the ministries that will be happening at that time, whether it's through connect groups or uh, the services or the outreaches that we do. Uh, there's, a, there's a number of things that we're gearing up for, Lord willing, as, a, as we continue to get back to some form of, of normality. Can I say it that way? I, I don't want to go back to being normal. I want something more than what we had before. Amen? That's what I'm talking about. So, God bless you as you remember them. Ushers, we're going to ask you to come at this time as we wait upon you for his tithes, our love offerings, even our faith pledges that we make for missions. Uh, we're excited. Let me tell you something we're looking at joining together with 
there is a church start that's getting started in the city of Warren, in the city of Warren. And I, I say that because we're joining hands with them and the his wife is, is out of this church. You might know her as a steward uh, from Bev and Mark. So this is a young couple with a church start in Warren and we're talking and we're gonna get involved with street ministry, with other things that we'll be doing for them uh, with, with all sorts of things. But we're gonna join hands with them and help them get started and going and build the kingdom and stop by the hot dog shop. Amen, amen, amen. Just, I'm sorry, sometimes my mind just doesn't go in the right place. Amen. Brother Terry Lee, would you ask God's blessing upon this morning's giving? Father, we come to you and give you thanks and praise. For you are Amen. the great, awesome, and mighty God, the creator of all that there is. And Father, we thank you that you enabled us through our Savior to be part of your kingdom. And part of that kingdom's 
big question. And it's something I want to take a look at in, in a little bit different way this morning. We're going to be talking about, as your notes say, discernment. Before I get into the message, though, I, I want to take an opportunity because uh, I'm just a proud papa, that's all. Like I mentioned, we had left after service last week during, during the torrential rainstorms that were happening. That was a, that was a treat. To go down to go to court on Monday, and I'd like to officially introduce to you now, as a result of being adopted on Monday, uh, our brand new addition, Jelena Marie Poindexter. I don't mind telling you she wanted to be held by her papa more than. She wanted to be held by her mom, her dad, and her grandmother. So yeah, I was beaming. I was I was I was happy with that. That's for you usually they don't want me. That's for sure. But uh, yeah, she was she was adopted this past week. Uh, her official name being Jelena Marie Poindexter. So uh, that makes nine. I know many of you have more. You know. And, but we're trying. We're really trying. What if? Uh, this morning, like I said, I want to talk to you about discernment. And we're going to be focused in this passage of Scripture in just a little bit. In First Thessalonians. It's going to take a little bit of time to get there. But I'd like to go ahead and, and, and read it anyways to sort of set it out. It says, test all things, hold fast what is good, and abstain from every form of evil. Well, Pastor, what does that have to do with discernment? Well, you're going to find out. You know, I can honestly tell you as a pastor, the five of, the five of the saddest words I know are these. I never saw it coming. <laughs> I've heard that statement repeated throughout my ministry years. Wives have told me about the affairs that their, that their husbands have had. And, and, and they nearly always say, I, I, I never saw it coming. People have told me about their financial situations that had them on, <clears throat> on the brink of bankruptcy or, or bankruptcy it, itself. And for some reason, they never saw the economic downturn coming, or at least maybe not to their business or, or, or even their personal finances. Men have told me about their health problems that they had never anticipated would be a part of their lives. Mothers have known for years that their children were growing up, but when an emptiness became a reality, they told me of the depressions, the, the, the feelings of uneasiness that they felt that were totally unanticipated. The truth is the Bible admonishes us to live each day fully, not living in the past or in the future. But God never intends for us to walk blindly from day to day. He expects us to discern what he is doing and what he desires. He intends for us to have a, a, a capacity to see what I would call beneath the surface of life and to expose and to analyze the unseen. 
very simply, discernment is the ability to judge a situation accurately, to see the full reality of a situation, of a relationship, or of an experience, or even a circumstance. It is the capacity to understand accurately that, and, and clearly what is uh, to see the truth of things as they are from God's viewpoint. Discernment for the believer is seeing and understanding as God sees and understands. Let me say that again. For the believer, discernment is seeing and understanding as God sees and understands. In, in other words, it's the ability to make godly judgments and right appraisals. Hello. I'm going to say something here that will probably get you all fired up. That's okay. I'm here to fire you up. But how many know that discernment is not an opinion? Please don't let the enemy fool you with that. And I know some people might be saying, but Pastor, you know, we're not to judge. The Bible tells us that we are not to judge, which simply means that we are not to take upon ourselves the role of, let's say, passing sentence on other people. We are, however, to judge behavior as good behavior or bad behavior. We are to know what is right and what is wrong, good and bad, effective, ineffective, true and untrue. The Bible tells us the time has come for judgment to begin at the house of God. Believers, especially, are to have what I would call sound judgment based upon accurate discernment. Discernment. God calls his people in Ezekiel to know difference between the holy and the unholy and cause them to discern between the unclean and the clean. In controversy, they shall stand as judges and judge it according to my judgments. They shall keep my laws and my statutes in all my appointed meetings, and they shall hallow my Sabbaths. Look, God's word has very strong words for those who know the righteous judgment of God. But then they proceed anyway to practice such things, uh, referred to as unrighteous or sexual immorality morality or wickedness or covetousness or maliciousness or envy or murder or strife or deceit or evil-mindedness or gossip-mongering or backbiting, the, the, the hatred of God, violence, pride, boasting, the invention of evil things, disobedient of parents, lack of trustworthiness, and all sorts of other unloving, unforgiving, and un unmerciful behavior. Not only are we to engage not, not only are we to not engage in these practices, but we are not to approve of people who do. That's Romans chapter 1, verses 28 through 32. If you want to write that down and look at it later, it's exactly what it spells out. What I want to do this morning is, is very quickly cover four aspects of discernment that are vital for us to recognize. And here's the four. You've got them right on your notes. There's discernment between good and evil, discernment between what is real and what is illusion, 
discernment between what is good and what is best. And I've preached that one enough times. Discernment between our desires and God's plans. So, you know, why, why do we need to have clear discernment in these areas? Well, because the enemy is out to trick us, to deceive us, to tempt us, and bottom line, destroy us in every area, in each of these areas. When we open ourselves up to attacks, friend, when we don't recognize evil for what it is, and believe me, there's a lot of people who aren't recognizing evil for what it is, then we don't see the true reality of a situation. When we settle for less than God's best, and when we mistake our desires for God's desires. So let's take those very quickly, one at a time. And, and, and first of all, discernment between good and evil. Look, most people know the general principles related to right and wrong. There are occasions, however, when evil can cloak itself in what appears to be good. It will. It does. It cloaks itself, evil cloaks itself in what appears to be good. We, we all know <laughs> that fun children's fable that scares kids half to death about the wolf that put on sheep's clothing in order to get into the flock of sheep and raise havoc. There are wolves, friend, people functioning with evil intents. Who, 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 who many times don the, the guise of what we know as good works and, and good social standings in order to wreak havoc in the church or in our communities. And we need, we need the ability to discern between good and evil. We especially need to be able to discern the motives and the hearts of those who rise to, to, to certain places of leadership, let's say, in the church. You remember what the Apostle Paul wrote at length about this to the church in Corinth? I mean, he talked about, and then he concludes it with, do not be deceived. Evil company corrupts good habits. What is that basically saying? Oh, the message is diluted. It's compromised. Spirit is quenched. Number two, discernment between what is real and what is illusion. Let me just say, we need to be able to tell if what we are seeing and hearing is fact or fiction. Don't worry, I'm not going anywhere politically. I'm just being biblical. Because some opportunities that come our way may, may appear to be real. They may appear to be valid and wonderful. And, and, and only later to, do we discover that we have been tricked. I don't know if you've ever been down that road. Some people come into our lives and give the appearance of a good character. Only later do we see that what they really had were bad motives. And, 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 and reality, you know, is that there are many things that, that, that come our way that are not necessarily good, even though they present themselves, even though it presents itself as good, only to be used to be deadly and have long-term side effects to it that are evil. Number three is discernment between what is good and what is best. And this one I could spend 
a long time on, but, but too many have failed to receive God's best in their life because they settled for what seemed to be good. Look, hear that. We just, you know, God does not desire that any of you, turn to your neighbor and say, he's talking to you. You're an any you. <laughs> God does not desire that any of you live a so-so life. Morally, ex let me put, he desires for every person to have an excellent life. Morally excellent, spiritually excellent, relationally excellent. Listen to me very carefully. It isn't a matter of how much money or material goods a person has, but the degree of love, joy, and peace a person has. Let, let, let it hit you square between the eyes. Because that's, that's... It isn't a matter of how much status or fame a person has, but whether a person has excellent health, excellent friendships, and family relationships. Hello. God, I'll just say it. God doesn't want you to have a mediocre job that you hate getting up and going to every day. But it's a job, Pastor. I know! But we've settled for the good instead of God's best. And, and I come back to this and say, and to say, He doesn't want you to have an average marriage. And all the wives said, well, you were real enthusiastic there. <laughs> he doesn't want you to have an average marriage. He doesn't want you to have just a little bit of peace in your life. Now, God desires you to feel fulfilled and overjoyed in your life. Now turn your neighbor and smile at that. Force it. Go ahead. No, I want to be in church and be unhappy, be miserable. I'll just say it. He wants your experience to be the high, his highest and his best. His highest, his best. Number four, discernment between our desires and God's plan. Look, all of us have to guard against pursuing our own plans and desires and instead pursue what we know to be God's best for us. In the end, I can tell you, God's plan for us is the plan that's going to fit us perfectly. It will excite us the most and bring us, really, the greatest feelings and of meaning and, and satisfaction. And, and, and my point is this. Just in case you've never done it, why not ask God to reveal his plan to you? Ask him to show you the talents that he has built into your life to be used for his glory. Trust him to show you how to develop those talents and use them to make a difference for Christ Jesus in this world. I mean, don't settle for, your, for some dead-end goal, but get in line with God's goal and be all that he created you to be. Hello. Amen, Pastor. Thank you very much. Appreciate that. Look, let me give you this. Discernment is a three-way key is what I like to call it. 
three-way key. So let me give you three keys this morning as far as discernment. First of all, it's a key to God's will. And we must have discernment if we're going to live in the will of God. It's that simple. Look, there's too much in this world that, quote, seems to be right. Right? And, but it isn't. There's too much that feels good but doesn't turn out to be good. For example, can I get some more trouble? Thank you so much. You'd like to see me go down in flames, don't you? I'm going to say something here, and, and, and I'm, I'm just meaning it from my heart. You, there's movies or TV shows that are advertised as, as family films, or they're, giving, they're given ratings that simply, that they imply are, are suitable for children to watch. What we don't realize is that the standards have shifted. Amen? <laughs> and, and, and a good man, good, good man. <laughs> I told you there was something. We have, a good movie may have what I call hidden messages, and they often do. <clears throat> Let alone the vulgar language and some not too good scenes. Oh, you're just being overdramatic, Pastor. No, I'm not. I'm discerning. Because in my heart, and according to his word, I know what it's saying. <clears throat> this is not an opinion. It's discernment. I'm not condemning anybody because of it. I want to bring people Christ. And I'm not going to, you know, impose my, 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 my beliefs on somebody just because of what... No, I want to impose on them. I want to share with them. I want to overwhelm them with the love of God. I'll just say that often the message of a film can be what is not said more than what is said. But I'll get off my high horse in a moment here, but there's nothing as important as living in a way that is pleasing to God. And that reinforces in us and in our children the principles and the commandments of God's word. I think I am. I'm going for it. Look, anything that is contrary to God's word is going to pollute our minds in some way and cause us to become confused about what is really right and wrong or acceptable and unacceptable in God's eyes. And the key to that is that sin doesn't bother us anymore. That should put you in the scariest mindset. But, but shouldn't a person know what the world is all about, Pastor? Shouldn't I expose myself to some of these abnormalities? and the ills of society in order to know how to reach the lost. It's called a burrito. It's, it's a lie that's wrapped up in an excuse. Because you just really want to do it. And you want to see how close to the line you can get. The world needs answers. 
that are rooted in knowing Christ Jesus, not someone who knows a little bit about sin, even vicariously, period. When it comes to things that feel good in our world, the truth is most of the devil, most of what the devil holds out to us in temptation feels good. You, you really think the devil's going to offer you some temptation that, that it, it's horrible. Oh, it's, it's sickening. It tastes awful. It, it, no. He's going to hold out something temptationally that is going to feel good, at least for the first few moments. Boy, I could get into some things there. But the world says that if something is bright, if, it, if, it, if, it, if it, glisten, it glitters, if it's dazzling and, and has good, you know, strong beats to it, then it's good. And that simply isn't the truth. Feelings can be deceptive. They are temporary. And a lot of times very fleeting. What feels good in, in one moment doesn't necessarily feel good two hours later. Hello? The person who lives totally by what, by what they feel, as far as feeling by what feels good, they're the kind of people that gets easily swayed and, and often find themselves on a roller coaster of emotions going from feelings of very high boom, to very low. And, and that happens so often that they, they have no stability. Much, much of what the world offers to a person is empty of, of what I call real substances. There's just nothing there. I mean, you know what I liken it to? <laughs> I liken it to a cereal box. I like eating cereal for breakfast. I like keeping a big old box of Cheerios in my cupboard. But what I've realized over the past years is that the boxes seem to get bigger and bigger, and they seem to contain less and less. And when you take a box from the grocery store shelf, you kind of expect it to be full, right? Oh, mega size, family size. But when you take the bag out of the box and put it next to the box, what you soon quickly, right away, discover is that within the bag of cereal is a lot of air. And the same is true for many experiences that the world offers. And I'm just talking cereal. Let's talk potato chips for a minute, shall we? <laughs> Listen, we need to be able to discern the things that are full of value and the things that are void of value. Hello? We need to be able to discern the things that are full of value and the things that are void of value. God's Word tells us, again... Test all things. Hold fast what is good. Abstain from every form of evil. The second key concerning discernment is a key, the discernment that is, is a threefold key to good judgment. Discernment is, is so critical if we are to exercise basic good judgment. From time to time, I hate to admit this, especially when nobody's home and can see me. <laughs> but 
Well, that sounded bad, didn't it? <laughs> but I'll catch infomercials. Or go to the, uh, uh, the shopping networks and, and watch them to see what current trends might be in products or in marketing. It's called morbid curiosity. And, and uh, I have always been amazed at the variety of devices that are sold under the label exercise equipment. <laughs> and when you watch them, they have these thin, fit people, of course. Right? And do I have a witness in the house? Okay. They're the ones who are advertising the equipment. And, and there's always that hook, remember? That if you buy in the next 10 to 15 minutes, you'll get bonus items. And the pitch is always direct. If you don't buy this, you're losing out on a miracle-producing product. And, and, and the... The infomercial never tells you or shows you that overweight, out of shape people sometimes have difficulty using those pieces of equipment. Okay, I said it. I said it. But the truth is, improper use of some of these devices can really cause some injury or, or pain to out of shape people, especially when you get on them and they, and they break on you or they fall apart on you. And, and, the, and uh, oh, by the way, don't forget, the price is going to be increased by at least 20% for shipping and handling. Look, when it comes to exhibiting good judgment, we, we must take the stand that we don't need to buy something just because it seems interesting. Talk about the world, friend. We, we don't need to go someplace just because we're invited. Oh, there's a trap there for a lot of people. And we don't need to do something just because we are asked to do it. Let me give you the third key very quickly to knowing God's voice. Knowing God's voice. Discernment is perhaps most critical in determining when God is speaking to you. This, this third key is, is, is a, concerning discernment is a key to knowing God's voice. Look, there's a lot of voices out there today. Hello? And some of them come from people who work with us or live with us or around us. And some of the voices are in the media. Look, some of the voices are in our memories or in our minds. Do you know the sound of God's voice? This is what I'm asking you. The Lord said he speaks in a still, small voice. Back in 1 Kings 19. Few of us ever get quiet enough to hear that voice. Hello? Be still. The King James Philip, uh, I'm sorry, King James. The J.B. Phillips translation says it the best. That's the one I love. I've told you about it many times. Shut up. And know I am God. Boy, that's the best. That, I understand that one. So here's the thing. I, I mean, the Lord also said that he is our shepherd, and as his sheep, we will what? Know his voice. That's John 10 if you want to find out where that's at. Do you recognize God's voice speaking in your heart? That's what I'm asking. 
Well, to determine if God is speaking to us or if the voice we are hearing is not of God, let me give you just a couple points real quick. First, I'm going to tell you straight up, the Lord will never impose on us something that hampers us from using the talent, skills, and resources that he has given to us. That's first. God desires that we express our talents as creatively and generously as possible for one reason, his glory. God desires that we cheerfully and freely, without coercion, use those worshiping him. Look, God desires that we openly voice our praise and our thanksgiving to him. Not giving some homage to, 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 to a human being. God desires that we live in grace. Not legalism imposed by the personal preferences of other people. We've got to be quick to discern if a person is pointing towards God and his word or simply imposing their own mandates under the guise of spirituality. Second thing is the Lord will never speak something to us that is contrary to Scripture. No matter how godly or wise those words from whoever is speaking them, being them counselor or spiritual, if that person says something that is contrary to what the Bible says, he is speaking out totally out of his or hers own opinion not out of the wisdom of God. Look, look, if you're going to truly know, determine, is the Lord speaking to you? you got to check the message against God's word. Hello? And to determine that, I mean, not just, here's the thing that bothers me. You know how some people check it? They check it by looking at one verse. And they pull that verse to imply or to, and they take it completely out of context, don't know what's before, don't know what's behind it. I mean, they use that verse to verify or confirm what, what they want the message to be. And, and, and you need to weigh the message that you are receiving from God against the whole of God's truth. Oh, I get fired up on that one. You don't know how many people will use scripture on me. And I'm sure on you. And I get so frustrated because they have no idea what they're saying. Only that verse that they've gotten, you know, in their crawl and totally misinterpreted. <sighs> okay. Listen, the person who does not discern God's voice or God's will and is void of sound spiritual judgment as well as sound practical judgment opens themselves up for spiritual attack. Oh, yes, they do. And, and, and we ask ourselves the question many times, you know, you know, why am I being attacked? How, how's this all? And, and I know God's in control, and we've talked about this, but are, are we discerning what we're supposed to be discerning as far as the keys are concerned? Because a person like, uh, who, who does not discern God's voice or his will, is a, you know, that, that person won't know when the devil is whispering in their ear. Did you hear that? Yes, the devil will whisper in your ear, friend, and you won't have any basis on which to evaluate the choices or opportunities. You won't be able to see the path to recognize 
the potential consequences that befall you if you go that direction. And, and, and as such a person is also prone to becoming enticed by false teachers, cult leaders who operate under the influence of Satan. And let me tell you something, they're all over the place. I don't care where you look in this world right now, there are a lot of those who are literally enticed by the enemy to be doing what they're doing, saying what they're saying, and bringing us what they're bringing. When God speaks to us to reveal his will and his good judgment, here's the kicker. We've got to be quick to obey. I know a lot of people who have, who have had spiritual discernment and have not heeded God's directives. They, they, they haven't obeyed. When we fail to obey, listen to me carefully, we lose our keen ability to discern. Our consciousness becomes seared and our discernment becomes cloudy. Spiritual discernment works fully when we desire to obey and actually do obey God's directives. An unbeliever cannot have spiritual discernment because they are not living in relationship with the Holy Spirit who gives discernment. The believer won't have spiritual discernment if they choose to sin when they know that God's, when, when they know God's will and, and they choose to ignore it. No one can fully obey without the help of the Holy Spirit, friend. We, we've got to understand the Holy Spirit. Ask, ask the Holy Spirit to help you walk in obedience after he reveals God's will and God's judgments. And you know what? The Holy Spirit delights in answering that prayer. I can guarantee you. So first, we must recognize that spiritual discernment is something that is to be desired and sought. Spiritual discernment, friend, it, it doesn't instantly and automatically you know, flood into our inner being the moment that we accept Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. The Holy Spirit fills us with his presence, and he is the author of spiritual discernment. But the ability to discern comes as a part of the process of our minds and our hearts being renewed. Let me say that again. The ability to discern comes as a part of the process of our minds and hearts being renewed. The psalmist was quick to say, Teach me good judgment and knowledge. Love that verse. That's got to be our prayer as well. Friend, friend we, we need to recognize that not everything is seen with physical eyes or heard with physical ears. We've got to ask the Lord to reveal to us what we need to know that, that we aren't seeing or hearing with our physical ears and eyes. And what really matters is not what we perceive or, or what others tell us is the truth, but what God says is the accurate perception and the truth in any situation. And, and number two, we must rely upon the Holy Spirit to be the source of truth in us. Jesus taught us that the Holy Spirit would be in us, with us, upon us. The Holy Spirit determines our spiritual gifts, instructs us, 
in the Word of God. What He does is He empowers us and energizes us and is our helper in all situations. The Holy Spirit reveals what Jesus would do in any given situation and enables us to discern the truth in all situations. Above all, the Holy Spirit reveals to us the truly important things of life, the things that are of God and that have eternal benefits. The Word tells us this. Eye has not seen or ear heard, nor have it entered into the heart of man things which God has prepared for those who love him. But God has revealed them to us through his Spirit, for the Spirit searches all things, yes, the deep things of God. For what man knows the things of a man except the Spirit of man which is in him? Even so, no one knows the things of God except the Spirit of God. Now we have received not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit who is from God, that we might know the things that have been freely given to us by God. I'm going to say this flat and simple. The Holy Spirit, resident in you, reveals our sinful motivations, our attitudes, our beliefs. And he will reveal to us when we sin. That's why we're so uncomfortable. Or are about to sin. I mean, to me, that's huge. It's important. Too many people are living in a denial of their independence of God. They, they don't want to be, to, to, to confront their motivations their tendencies. They also don't want to face their neediness or their dependency upon God. And we've got to rely on the Holy Spirit if we are going to have a renewed heart and mind and be able to spiritually mature so we aren't led around by the enemy as if we're on some kind of a dog leash or something. And let me just say this. We must be willing to study the Word of God. We must seek out God's opinion on issues. The Bible reveals to us who God is. It reveals to us his thoughts, his desires, his plans, his purposes, his ways. The psalmist knew. The psalmist wrote this. Oh, how I love your law. It is my meditation all the day. You, through your commandments, make me wiser than my enemies, for they are ever with me. I have more understanding than all my teachers, for your testimonies are my meditations. I understand more than the ancients, because I keep your precepts. I have restrained my feet from every evil way, that I, might, that I may keep your word. I have, not, I have not departed from your judgments, for you yourself have taught me. How sweet are your words to my taste, sweeter than honey to my mouth. Though your precepts, or through your precepts, I get understanding. Therefore, I hate every false way. The award is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. Look, to study God's word means that you read it regularly. You are 
asking God to help you understand and apply what you read. It also means that any time you face a major decision, opportunity, crisis, you turn to God's word for God's wisdom. You ask the Lord to guide you through your study of the scripture to get the whole of God's instruction on any given matter. I don't know what to look for. Well, then use the concordance to look up a word, a key word. Read all the scriptures related to that topic that address your concern or your question. Open your heart to the Lord and say to the Holy Spirit, teach me, show me, lead me. Direct my reading and studying. I want to know God's highest and best for my life. Because I have absolutely no doubt that God, friend, will answer that prayer for his instruction. The instruction of the Holy Spirit in our lives is ongoing. And we're never going to fully know everything that we need to know. Hello? We never graduate from God's schooling of us when it comes to discernment. That's why we continue to ask the Lord for guidance. We continue to read and to study his word. And as a result, you will continue to grow in your ability to discern. As more and more of God's truths are planted into the grid of your heart and mind, you're going to be able to see more clearly. You're going to be able to hear more definitely. Look, discernment is God's gift that's made available to every believer that's here. But as is true for all his gifts, we've got to actively receive the gift and do it by faith. We must ask God to impart his discernment, and, and then he will give it. You look great, but you can start any time. Just kidding. They don't look great. Look. We must believe that when we ask God for direction, he's going to guide us. We've got to believe that when we ask God to show us what is counterfeit and real, he will reveal all we need to know and make wise and godly choices. And I'll tell you it's flat out, we, we also need to be patient in waiting for assurance or confirmation that we are discerning correctly. If you have any doubt that God, that, 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 that we are discerning, that, that God has shown I'm sorry, if we have any doubt that God has shown you the reality of a situation you're not sure, then ask God to confirm his revelation to you. Ask him to bring light to anything that is hidden. Ask him to make clear any aspects of opportunity or crisis that seems to be cloudy or maybe in the shadows of darkness. The truth of God will always shine as a bright light. Ask God to shine his truth on any situation that seems questionable to you. 
ask him? How can he answer? Discernment requires those keys. I can't tell you enough the importance of this word, of prayer, of faith, of trust. I can't tell you the damage of the enemy enough when it comes to fear, when it comes to surrounding us. Friend, you have been given a powerful tool in discernment. When you begin to test the spirit, you're, you're not judging, but you're testing the spirit. Get what? Look, I've often said people get upset at the mountain that's in front of them, but what they don't realize is the force that put behind it that put the mountain there to begin with. We have. In the Holy Spirit, by the Holy Spirit, through the impartation of the Spirit, that which is ours is far as gifts. And I'm just giving you the basics. I'm just giving you the simple discipleship here right now. But the reality is, we are void and empty from things that need to be flowing supernaturally. From the gifts of the Spirit, to discernment, to much, much, much more. And we're not going to be able to sit back and go, oh, my golly, this world is in a pickle. It's going down fast. I'm just wondering how long it is before, A, we get wiped out by disease, or B, the country falls. And it's gonna... No, friend, this is a time for God's people to see God like you've never seen God and to hear from God like you've never heard from God and to give this world what this world longs for and doesn't know because it's trying to fill itself with things that have no substance but they feel good for moments at a time. It's time to give the world Jesus and his love. I don't know the first thing about, I, you know, I, I understand. Let me tell you something. Get into his presence. Ask him. Ask him. And, and don't forget to listen. That's the huge part. God, God has so much in store for you. Would you bow your head with me for just a moment? Because maybe you're in this place, and the one thing that's going on in your heart right now is a conviction. Because you don't have a relationship with Christ. You don't know him as your Lord and Savior. You have no clue what it would be meaning to have him lead you and guide you. But if you're in this place this morning, God's been speaking loud and clear to you. And in your heart this morning, he's asking, will you say yes to that relationship with me? 
If you'll open the door of your heart, I'll come in. If you open up your heart and receive what I've done for you. If you make that choice, he'll make that change. But it starts with a choice. If that's you this morning and you're making that choice, would you just verify that with an upraised hand that says, that's me, Pastor. Everyone else? Doesn't matter here right now. God's looking at you. God's speaking to you. God's longing for you. If that's you this morning, and your heart is saying yes, would you affirm that yes? Put an action. Put an action to your choice. I want to pray with you right where you sit. If that's you, would you just slip up that hand? Put it back down again. I want to pray for you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, I thank you for your word. I thank you for where you're taking us. I thank you for what you're instructing us in. I thank you for your grace. That is sufficient. I thank you for your hope. Lord, As we enter into your presence this morning, speak to our hearts in Jesus' name. Would you stand with me this morning? Watch you to listen, not only to the words that are being sung, but I want to invite you to do something a little different this morning. And I want you to feel free to invite somebody that's beside you to do the same thing with you. I'd like for us to move out of our pews and to find ourselves down here this morning just worshiping God. I mean, just, just worship. If you feel like you'd like to kneel at the altar, that's fine. I'm not going to stop you. That's not what I'm after. I'm after for us to, to bring worship forward, to bring it out of the place of convenience, to step out and begin to lift him up and to realize what happens at that moment in time as his presence begins to invade, as he inhabits the graces of his people. Let me tell you something. There's going to be discernment that comes this morning. There's going to be answers to some things in your own hearts. There's directions that he's wanting to take us in. But it starts in his presence. As they minister this morning, I want to invite you to find that place of prayer. Find that time of worship just to stand up here this morning and lift up your hands to Him. Let's find Him. Let's step out. Let's worship Him together.